Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey, I'm Kate, also known as Tarot Kate. I'm back with Real Hauntings to play real or creepy, right? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut the right part out of there. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll leave it. Thank you. It kind of sounds fun with a question mark on the end of it. Uh, Right? It sounds like you're being held captive. Uh, (laughs) Hey, y'all. I'm Savannah. I'm that witch up the holler, and I'm here to play real or creepy. God, Savannah's like a pro. You hear that? Right. Pipe right. You got a podcast voice. Yeah. I know. I told her last time. She's that, and I think she has a future career in voice acting if she wants it. Hey everybody, it's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of Real or Creepy, where we decide whether or not stories from the internet are a real haunting or fake creepy pasta. So this episode, we've got Kate and Savannah, as you heard. We're super excited to find out their opinions on these stories. So we're going to jump right in with our first one. And this is our first ever user-submitted story. Sam submitted it. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, she lives near Joshua and frequents his coffee shop. And shout out, shout out to Joshua. I believe his wife is having their baby right now as we talk. Oh. So. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll jump into our first story here. It's titled What the Hell Pine Hill Cemetery. On Halloween night in 2021, my friend Juan and I were exploring the local haunted Pine Hill Cemetery of Auburn, Alabama. When Juan and I arrived to the cemetery, we were excited to see that we were the only ones there and that it was pitch black. The only source of light in the whole place was the war memorial section with some spotlights pointing up at an American flag. After about 30 minutes of checking out the place, we made our way over to the war memorial section. I noticed a gravestone at a specific Vietnam War veteran, and for some reason, it resonated enough with me to talk to him out loud. I jokingly said, hey, Bob Smith, what's up? How you been? At this point, we saw a couple other college students enter the cemetery, and the mood became lighter as we realized we were no longer alone in the dark. After a few minutes of walking, we came to a stop to read some gravestones from the 1800s. All of a sudden, this old man, maybe 70 to 80 years old, wearing jeans and a leather jacket, came out from behind the bushes and said to us, There you are again! He was quickly moving straight towards us, and I immediately switched into fight or flight mode. We hadn't seen this man enter the cemetery, so it felt like he had just come out of thin air. I can't explain it, but it just felt wrong, and I started to back away. The man then said, I'm just going to join you guys real quick. As he continued to walk straight towards us, my friend Juan clammed up and froze in place as the man came closer. I had so much adrenaline, my skin felt electrically charged. I started jogging much faster now to create distance as I said, no, 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 thank you. We're fine, thanks, we're good. 
After a few seconds of me panic spewing words at him, the man finally came to a stop in the spot where I had been standing originally. Without saying a word or making any facial expressions, he smoothly and almost robotically turned on his heel and headed back towards the direction in which he came. Shocked, we watched as the man walked away and disappeared into the darkness. Part of me was hoping he would disappear into thin air so I could tell people I saw a ghost. But alas, this is not how it went. After the adrenaline wore off, we saw some more college kids enter the cemetery and we decided we would be safe as long as we walked in the direction from the main area away from the man. After about 10 minutes of walking around the cemetery, we came upon a hill that looked directly across from the war memorial section. We were about 100 to 200 feet away when I saw the silhouette of the old man sitting on one of the benches facing the lit up American flag. As soon as I saw his silhouette, I immediately tapped Juan on the shoulder and whisper yelled, oh my God, that's the guy, and pointed at him. The very second I did this, the old man slowly stood up from the bench and did that same eerie, smoothly robotic turn on his heel to face us. If this were a scary movie, this is the part where I'd yell at the TV, yeah, right, how cheesy, but I swear I can't make this up. His dark silhouette now facing us, backlit by the spotlights, were enough to send me into that good old fight-or-flight mode again. Without consciously thinking, my legs took off in a sprint towards the exit gates of the cemetery. Juan was hot on my heels, sprinting with me in some sort of unspoken agreement that it was time to get the heck out of there. As we were running, I kept glancing back to keep tabs on the man. As I looked back, I saw him slowly pivoting in the same eerily smooth way. He was doing this so that he could keep us straight on his eyesight. This only motivated me to run faster. It looked like he was standing on one of those slowly rotating discs. That's how creepy and inhuman it seemed. As soon as we got to the car, we locked the doors and took off down the road. In all 24 years of my life, this is still the creepiest experience I've ever had. Thought about this logically, and there are four options that I came up with as potential explanations. One, this man was the ghost of the Vietnam War veteran whose gravestone I felt compelled to talk to. Maybe somehow my speaking his name out loud conjured up enough of his memory, energy, whatever the heck ghosts are made of, for him to appear. Two, this man had dementia and in his confused state came to the cemetery and interacted with us. Three, this man was a <laughs> this man was a predator back in his younger days, and now that he was older, he was getting his kicks by approaching people alone in the dark and scaring them. Four, this man was an alien. I will never know which, if any, of these theories are correct. But what I do know, that was hecking weird. What the hell, Pine Cemetery? Kate, let's start with you. Did you get any vibes mm. from that story? Did you feel like it was real? How would you react it in the cemetery? My first response after you reading that, I was like, oh, they got in the car and they left the cemetery and they did not say goodbye. I wonder if she's still getting haunted. <laughs> but it sounded real to me. I think it's real, especially on the part where she even said, I think it was me saying his name out loud that conjured it. And I was like, yeah. And just speaking his name, I think that it was a real story. Yeah, maybe she gave some power to a, a spirit in the cemetery. Savannah, yeah. you have frequented interactions with spirits. You're no stranger, strangler, stranger to the spooky. Uh, did this strike real for you hearing the story? It sounds like a like a real story. Like it, I don't know that she's like completely making it up. Um, 
But I really kind of thought at the beginning for a while there that it might just be an old man. <laughs> old men. <laughs> old men are creepy, like, on their cool. own. Especially, like, at night. Like, if, yeah. what are you doing as an old man? I, I was just glad he didn't flash them or something. I was like, where is this headed? <laughs> I have, I've got relatives with dementia, and this just kind of sounds, like, on on par with what... <laughs> They would go sit. I would not put it past them to just go sit in cemeteries at night and freak people out. Well, you've seen, you know, like visual rep representations of spirits. Yes. The way the way she described that movement, and and I know the movement was weird. The movement yeah. was weird. That was, yeah. That's icky. That's uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that kind of pushes it the other way. Yeah, I and I was bit. trying to picture in my head exactly. I, I think it's that roboticness that. Obviously, using, you know, a description like that makes it feel non-human, yeah. um, which I also thought that was funny. That's probably why she threw an alien in there like it was the guy <laughs> from Men in Black, you know, with the anyway, that's an old <laughs> reference. So, yeah, it sounds like we've got a, a real haunting and a, a a real story. Maybe he's just, <laughs> which is, is completely reasonable. Now that I've frequented a ton of cemeteries, but I'm, I'm trying to think back in my head, I haven't really ever had any truly spooky moments. I mean, just somber moments from being like at funerals and stuff like that. Kate, have you ever had a haunting in a cemetery? I have not. No, I've gotten some good pictures, though, from a cemetery. But I'm curious to know, too, when they come in like a physical apparition i'm very clairsentience so like smell so like being approached by someone even a stranger i have like first thing i can smell what they smell like so savannah like do do spirits when they come to you in physical form like can you do they have a scent to them um sometimes it's kind of it okay. seems like it's not an exact science it's just like what they feel like putting out so if they were like a heavy smoker and then yeah. that's like their signature thing. You're going to smell that. Or if they had a perfume that they right. just really like, then you're going to smell that. But for some folks, I mean, you just really didn't have anything in particular. So maybe yeah. not. <laughs> just a waff of B.O. <laughs> <laughs> Old people. <laughs> All right. well, this episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, y'all, it's Noah Daniels. And oh boy, I just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll we'll move on to our second and final story for this episode. It's titled My First Encounter. The year was 1999 and I had just had a baby and had been home from the hospital for a few days. We were in bed and the baby started crying. Hubby got up and put a bottle on to heat up. He came back to bed and fell back to sleep. I saw my ex-fiance who had passed away two years ago earlier. He was screaming at me to get up. What woke me up to the full attention was he said if I don't wake up, he would never speak to me again. I jumped up and started screaming at my husband to get up. The entire house was full of smoke. The pan had melted to the stove and the bottle was completely melted. I got the baby and got out of the house and into the car. My hubby opened all the windows in the house and we went straight to the ER where my husband and I both needed breathing treatments. The baby was perfectly fine. It was a scary time. I never shared this story with anyone before except when my husband asked me why I woke up. All right, gang. So that's a different story. Obviously, this is kind of more of a straightforward haunting in, in the positive sense. Savannah, what do you think? Did this feel like something that somebody was just trying to have a little fun with sharing? It has some of those tropey things and stories we hear, but it also, I think, had some things that also sound kind of real. What, how do you feel about this one? It's definitely written in creepy pasta Reddit fashion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, like, I have a personal experience that's very similar. So it's like, it's believable. Savannah, do you think, um, because I remember when we interviewed you, you talked about kind of going against the classical term of like, this is a demon, all ghost or demon, which we hear Mm -hmm. so much about. In your experience, do you find that there are what I'll just call as like helper ghost, helper spirits like this? Oh, absolutely. And they're probably more common than just your general spooky haunting for most people that have some type of encounter it's with a loved one or an ancestor some kind of guide that's coming back to like hey get your attention get you safe that's actually really common and i guess if we were to go down the the thought of this is a real haunting do you follow along with that there are loved ones that have passed that somehow whether you know, I don't know if we want to go with the thought of like they're omnipotent, omnipotent. I don't want to sound like impotent, that they see everything, but they have some way to connect with us and, and they have to use their, whether it's energy or whatever. I, I guess I'm going to ask you like a huge overarching question that I don't even know has an answer. What do you believe is that process from being deceased to being able to kind of flash forward to a past loved one who is living? to protect them? Like, do you have any thoughts or theories on how that might work? 
my theory is it's complicated. <laughs> um, Explain the supernatural seems... in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've gathered, just from my own experience and from listening to so many people tell me their experiences, it seems like there are different places when we die. Not like a heaven and hell type of thing. That's not what I'm saying. But like phases almost where we're in right after death. Maybe we're able to communicate really rapidly before we like go on to wherever the heck we're going on to. From what I've experienced and from what I've heard from other mediums, there's a place of like learning. And maybe if you didn't learn some things in this life, you need to have a review and figure some things out. <laughs> and it seems like some spirits, some folks can choose to come back to some kind of liminal place where they can interact with the living and some don't. Some move on. I don't know if that's reincarnation or they're just going into the cosmos. I don't know, but it's some choose to stay closer to earth and some do not. That's interesting. I mean, it's it's got to be something. Um, and I think that's a good as, as an idea as any, especially since you have some of these abilities and you're able to communicate with other people that share them. Kate, uh, before we jump into what you think about how the entire afterlife works, uh, <laughs> how did you feel about this story? Did it strike real to you or creepypasta? I have to agree with Savannah. It was very much written in a creepypasta way. But I also think it's creepypasta because this is a story that, you know, you kind of find in the spiritual realm of like scenarios happen. Like this is a very common story for people to experience spirits or, you know, experience their loved ones um, coming to visit them on the other side. So that's the only reason why I think it's a creepypasta because something like this can be very common. I guess both, right? <laughs> Real and creepy. <laughs> What I struggle with this one is it doesn't grab me like it's being told by somebody who suffered through the moment of that experience, mm, you know, yeah. if that makes sense. And, and Kate, so you, you know, you're able to contact or, or have interactions with spirits as well. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on how that realm operates with, you know, potentially coming back and warning us when we're in danger and things like that? So my theory on it or what I've kind of picked up on my learnings as well is that when our loved ones cross over, like Savannah said, they do get a choice that we have free will when we cross over. But what I've come to find out is they have to kind of learn to reach us down at a lower frequency. Whereas like Savannah and I, with our mediumship abilities, we have to reach them to a higher level to meet that medium. That's why it's called a medium. So Just they... blew my mind, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So they also have to learn how to do that. But knowing when they do cross over, some souls are already have a natural ability. So those souls are ones that can typically easily come to us close to the time of their passing, especially ones that are very adamant and telling their loved ones, like, I'm okay, I'm fine. And there are some that it takes a, a while to kind of get adjusted or figure out how to do it. And that is why a lot of our loved ones won't visit us in dreams immediately because our dreams are so heavily involved in our emotions that if they were to come into our dreams in a wrong way, like I've heard a story where a person's loved one was trying really hard to reach them and came into their dream and they came in without like any legs or their, their whole body was disformed because they were trying to reach a message to them, but our dreams are coded in a different way. That's <laughs> so they. <laughs> so usually our loved ones don't want to scare us, especially when it's been, a, we're still grieving, 
And so if they have the abilities right then and there, they'll do a visit or even in our dreams as well. But like, like with us, they kind of have to learn it to come back to that frequency. So. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's really fascinating. Well, gang, we did it. We finished our first episode of real or creepy Savannah. Why don't you tell our audience where they can find all your great social media and just everything you've got going on. If they want to learn more about you. I'm mostly on TikTok. I'm at that witch up the holler holler with an E, not an A. And over on Instagram, I'm it's that witch up the holler. Awesome. Make sure you check out what Savannah's got going on. It's some truly fascinating content. And Kate, where can our audience find you if they want to reach out to you uh, about some of your medium work? They can find me on TikTok as well at tarotkate313. And then on Instagram, tarotkate. Or they can head to my website at tarotkate.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, gang. And I can't wait for us to do another real or creepy. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.